the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, and the word of the Lord reads like this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up, and his train... The train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by his voice, the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hands a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. And he touched my tongue with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Would you pray with me this morning, Catherine? Father, we bless you for this privileged opportunity we have to stand here to declare your word, to open up the scripture in such a way that your name would get the glory, in such a way that if any that are lost, God would come to the understanding that you have given everything possible to make it possible for them to be reunited with God, to have their sin forgiven. I pray, God, that in the process of preaching on today, if there are any that are lost, you would save them. If there any are drifting in their fellowship from you, God, I pray that you would save them and re claim them from their drifting places. I pray, eternal God, as we come on today, that you would edify this body. But Father, above and beyond everything that transpires here today, it is my sovereign desire that you get all of the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Father, I stand in need of you today, a vessel that is in need of your strength, your wisdom, your direction. So God, use me in the way that you see fit and allow me to accomplish your will in this day. It's in Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving and expectation. The people of God said together, amen and amen. Catherine, we've been on a journey uh, preaching through a series of messages for our theme for this year, serving our Savior sacrificially. We've been on this journey 
preaching through this series, serving our Savior sacrificially. We started on New Year's Eve or coming into New Year's Day, preaching from Mark chapter 10, uh, from the idea of serving seasons of our Savior. And then on last week when we were together, we were in Matthew chapter 9, uh, and we preached there from the subject matter, what our Savior sees. We had an opportunity to look with the Lord on what he literally saw as he looked on the multitudes of people that were coming and the multitudes of people that he was having to serve. And we saw there that the Savior saw that there's a lot of shepherdless sheep. And I declare that if you look out on the horizon of today and on the culture of today and on the communities that we live in, move in, work in, that you would also see that there's a lot of shepherdless people. We also saw that there's a lack of laborers and you don't have to go far to know that there's a shortage of people who want to serve the Lord and who want to work for God. The Lord saw the same thing as he looked on the multitudes and he said that the harvest was plenteous, but the laborers were few. And so even back in Jesus's day, there was a labor shortage, even as there is in the church on today. Thirdly, we saw that there was a need to pray for the Lord of the harvest, that he might send more laborers into the harvest. One of the things that I think that is interesting to me and that I think is critical for all of us in the kingdom of God is to understand the power of prayer. We can come up with every strategy, every, every kind of plan that we can come up with, but if you don't talk to the God of the kingdom... If you don't talk to the one who has the power to make the difference, it's worthless. And so if you want more laborers in the field, Jesus himself said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send the right people into the field that they might reap the harvest that is waiting. And so on this morning, we find ourselves here in this passage of Isaiah, which I, uh, this is one of my, I want to say kind of one of my favorite verses in scriptures. I wouldn't say the favorite, but one of my favorite verses in scripture because it carries such a weight on it. it it's such a encounter type of experience that, that transpires. And um, as we look at this particular passage, it tells the story of Isaiah uh, being called into a deeper commitment to serve God. As a prophet, he was serving the Lord, but this calls him deeper into that commitment of serving God as a prophet uh, to preach the word that God has for him. And what I realize in our own society, in our own cultures, we are a people who don't mind serving as long as it's within our comfort zones. Amen, Jesus. This might be a little uncomfortable. Uh, but as I look at this verse and these verses today, I want to lean in. I want to push it. And you probably heard these verses, uh, read them before, maybe even preached them before. Uh, but I want to lean in on this and look at, you know, look at it from the perspective of the sacrifice that Isaiah makes to enter into a deeper level of commitment with God. For us, and I'm just going to talk about us, if the assignment for us is comfortable for us, we're okay with doing a little bit of the assignment. Amen, Jesus. If it's on the right day, doesn't interfere with my bingo night. 
doesn't disrupt my favorite program. It's not going to interrupt my football time, my sports activities, what have you, what have you. Then we will consider it because it fits our comfortable space. Uh, if it doesn't require dealing with too many people, because, you know, I deal with people at work. I don't want to deal with people at church. And God help us if we have to work with children. Lord, I don't know, no, no, Lord, I just, I'll do anything but that. Just don't want to do the children. I don't want to do that. And if you already work with children, people assume that you need to work with them here too. But can I speak to the people who are already working with children who don't have no children? Amen, Jesus. Because there's some folk that, <laughs> that are working with the children whose children are grown enough to be working with the children. And there's a lot of people with children. I'm just talking. I'm not talking about nobody. There's a lot of people with children who will drop their children off for somebody else to serve their children, but they never will help out with the children. But if you've got 40 children and each parent just gave one day a week with the children, we'd have 40 parents helping out with the children instead of two grandparents that really ought to be retired right now. Amen, Jesus. I told you it was going to get tight up in here a little bit. And so we are, as I've said all along in this series, more interested in serving ourselves and our own comforts than we are serving the God who saved us, who enlisted us, who equipped us and empowered us with his Holy Spirit to be able to do for him what is in front of us to be done. And because we've abandoned that assignment, we're watching the world around us grow darker and darker and darker. I like what the young man said when he was standing up. He even talked about the darkness. Now, you know, if the children can see the world growing dark, it's getting dark. And so it's growing dark because those who have the light won't turn the light on. I'm preaching way better than they said amen in here. And so... I want to talk to you from this subject today, Isaiah's sacrifice to serve deeper. Um, The reason why I say deeper is because Isaiah is a prophet before Isaiah chapter 6. And this encounter, which most read and believe is the first encounter that Isaiah has to be called to prophetic ministry. It, if you read chapter 1, verse 1, what you'll find out is that Isaiah was already serving during the life of Uzziah. But now by the time you get to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, it is the year that King Uzziah dies. Y'all still here with me? And so Isaiah sacrifices to serve deeper amidst a devastating crisis. Stay here with me. 
Isaiah sacrifices to serve deeper amidst a devastating crisis. What transpires in the text, if I can just walk you through slowly, it says in the year that King Uzziah died, Uzziah or Azariah, as he is called in Chronicles, he actually is akin to the prophet Isaiah. And so it is in the year that Isaiah is grieving the loss of a king, watch this, a good king in Judah who had been king for 52 years. It is in the midst of grieving a family member, a loved one, a king who was a good king in Judah and who was, who was leading the people well and had been leading for 52 years. And it is in the midst of that, Isaiah has this encounter. It's in that year that King Uzziah dies. And he says, it was in that year that I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. Isaiah has been serving, but he hadn't seen the Lord yet. I'm talking to some people who are serving mechanically in church, but they haven't had an encounter with the king yet. But in Isaiah's case, he agrees, uh, he sacrifices to serve deeper in the middle of a crisis, a devastating crisis. Most people, if my mama had just died, my uncle had just died, my auntie had just died, my puppy had died, my kitten had died, my hamster didn't wake up this morning, we would use that as an excuse not to go any further in our service. We would use the idea and the concept of grief that I'm grieving. How do you expect me to to serve and do any more when I'm grieving the loss? Isaiah has this encounter with the Lord. He, He sacrifices. Let me define sacrifice. The sacrifice is, it literally means to give up something of great value. To suffer loss in our context, for God, by death or surrender, to give up something of value to God and to do so by death or surrender. What Isaiah does is he gives up something of value, in this case, his time of grief. Lord, help me, Jesus. His excuse not to go farther. He gives that up for the purpose of serving deeper. He sacrifices the excuse he could have used to serve God in a deeper capacity. Lord have mercy. And as he sacrifices to serve deeper, he goes to the temple to offload his grief on to God (laughs) Lord, help me, Jesus. He's grieving the loss of the king, and he goes to the temple thinking that all hope was lost because the king, the good king, was no longer with us, but he got to the temple. I love this. And when he got to the temple, there was a king that was above the king that he thought was king. 
and, and he found out that all hope is not lost because there's still a king and the king is sitting on his throne. Can I, can I talk to somebody this morning? I know we use all kinds of excuses why we can't serve no deeper, why we can't do no better, but, but serving deeper requires sacrifice and Isaiah sacrifices when he realizes that there's a king sitting on the throne that's higher than him and higher than Uzziah and higher than his children and higher than his mama and higher than his daddy. He could have used this excuse and he could have hidden behind the grief. But in the midst of a devastating crisis, he sacrifices to serve God in a deeper capacity. Isaiah not only agrees to serve God, to sacrifice to serve God in a deeper way, amidst a devastating crisis, but if you keep reading, by the time we get to verse 5, verse 5 says that, as I saw the Lord, and, and, and he's high, and he's lifted up, and smoke is in the temple, and the glory of God is all over the place, and, and the post of the doors are shaken, and, and the voice of him who's cried out in the house, and, and all this is happening, Isaiah said he has, he has this introspective look, and he responds to this encounter with God, and he says, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the king. Isaiah sacrifices to serve deeper amidst a devastating crisis, but secondly, Isaiah, uh, he sacrifices to serve after a disqualifying profession. Isaiah makes a profession here in the text that I think we probably have read over multiple times and not really understood the gravity of it, and I'm going to bring it home to us. Isaiah makes a confession here that I've been serving as a prophet, but I got a bad mouth. See, Isaiah's already been serving. He's already been preaching. He's already been proclaiming and foretelling what God has said. But on this occasion, when he comes in contact with the king of kings and he has an encounter and he realizes when he goes to the temple and he pours out his grief before God and he's there to weep and to mourn and to offload all this grief, he realizes that, wait a minute, the God that I've been serving is more than just a notion. He's more than just paper. He's more than just what mama said. No, this is a real God and this real God is a holy God. Because in the midst of his encounter, the angels that are before him are declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Now Isaiah realizes that the ministry work that he's been in, that he's been halfway doing, that he's been sinfully doing. He's been walking in the ministry of a holy God in a sinful way. Can I put it this way? Isaiah is a prophet with a dirty, filthy mouth. He's a cussing prophet. He's a lie-telling prophet. He's a backbiting prophet. He's a prophet who's been talking about folk behind their back. He says, I'm a man of unclean lips. That means I have not been speaking purely with the lips that God gave me to use for him. I've been doing something else with what I, oh my God, what, what I've been gifted to do. I'm a prophet. The text says I'm a man, but he's a, he's a prophet already. This isn't just like his first encounter. He's already been prophesying. He's already been doing ministry during the lifespan of Uzziah. But now he's being called to a deeper commitment. And when I read about this, I thought about all the cussing preachers. 
Amen, Jesus in the walls. I thought about all of those who, those scripture says that the bishop should not have any wine or strong drink. I thought about those that are drinking strong drink. I, first, I'm, sp- I'm talking at the top first. I'm, think- I'm up here. Then I start trickling down to the rest of the, the folks. And I thought about all the people who are serving God and they look holy and they look spiritual in church and they look like they got it all together. But in reality, they are halfway serving God and halfway serving the world. If we're going to serve God deeper, it's going to require sacrifice. How effective can we be as a kingdom of people when we're not completely sold out to serving Jesus? How effective can the kingdom be when we have the people who are working in the kingdom who are not sacrificing to serve at a committed level? If we're halfway doing it, if we're cussing prophets, if we're dirty mouth prophets, how effective can we be? We can fool you on Sunday. But in reality, I'm not even sold out to the God I say I'm serving. The call in the text and this morning is to a a sacrifice to serve deeper. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate the people that are serving. And I really am talking. I really want to talk to those who ain't doing nothing. But this text talks to us. From a depth. It is God saying to his his prophet. I need you to sacrifice to serve me for real. And perhaps God is speaking to you about your service to the kingdom of God. And maybe you hear God saying to you, you too can sacrifice amidst your your crises to serve God. You too can can sacrifice to serve But in order to do so effectively, you first have to have a confession of disqualification. In other words, you need to be honest with yourself and with God and declare I'm unqualified because of the way I've been walking and living my life. God, I realize you're holy. And I have not been serving you with a holy commitment. And let me say this. If we're ever going to serve God at that level, at that depth, we have to confess. If we're ever going to serve God, period, we have to confess our sin. We have to confess that I'm short of your glory because I can't serve God if I haven't had my sin forgiven. Y'all here with me? Because watch this. What happens in the text is not until Isaiah confesses that I'm a man of unclean lips. And not only that, he adds in the other folks too. I like that. I think that's kind of a cover. Because a lot of times when we, when we confess our own sin, we want to make sure that God knows there's other people too, Lord. Ain't just me, Jesus. And I think that's kind of what Isaiah is doing. I'm a man of unclean lips. And he says, and I dwell amongst the people who also cuss in unclean lips. We can't serve God until we get clean. And notice this. Isaiah didn't clean himself up so that he could serve. 
No, you've got to confess and then God will clean you up so you can serve. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. To hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.